0: The Denver Broncos are getting some help back on the defensive side of the ball with the return of Justin Simmons in Sunday's game against the New York Jets. Plus, who are our players to watch on offensive defense? Where well, you're going to get all that much more in today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Denver Broncos are getting some help on the defensive side of the ball with several key players set to return in Sunday's game. Welcome into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, So never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content coverage, analysis and more. You get that here every single day, all year long. I'm Cody York Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to slash locked on NFL and use code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Let's get to the big news here after Friday's practice. A little bit of a bonus episode for everybody in Broncos country here, locked on Broncos. Help is on the way. The Denver Broncos are set to get several key players on the defensive side of the ball back this week against the visiting New York Jets led by Zach Wilson. And obviously, a spearheaded, three-headed rushing attack there with Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, and Michael Carter. The Broncos defense finding themselves in a position where they're off to a historically bad start through the last three weeks of play. They have a chance to still turn things around, even though things haven't seemed like they're optimistic enough there. Right. But I think we always have to factor into injuries. Personnel definitely play a role. Vance Joseph, interestingly enough, on Thursday had said that the Broncos found more success when they started sending more five man pressures and playing more man coverage versus zone. So to me, I felt like that was a little bit of an interesting nugget that he had there. And it kind of sounded like, in a sense, he kind of threw the players under the bus when he said that. That's just how I interpreted it here. But Denver is going to be able to do a little bit more defensively than maybe they've been able to do the last three weeks, and that's because Justin Simmons is set to make his return. LeBronco's All-Pro safety practiced all week long, was limited on Wednesday, and Thursday was a full participant in Friday's practice and is set to make his return from a groin injury that he suffered in Week 2. But this is something that dates back to training camp, something he was dealing with, and now he's in a good spot there. And having him on the back end is going to be very, very key. We'll talk about him a little bit later on, in terms of our players to watch on defense and we'll, t- we'll tell you exactly why, but obviously the communication factor, his ability and obviously his knowledge of the defense, I think is so imperative to have there. We've seen some communication issues happen for Denver defensively over the last couple of weeks and having him back there, I think will eliminate some of those on the back end there. So that's great for him. But after trading and this, this is all some other news we're going to cover here on Friday. Initially, we were told a few days ago, and this was the whole process I was trying to play out, the Broncos, Adam Schefter had first said that the team is releasing Randy Gregory, Sean Payton, kind of what he did with Albert Okwebunam, decided, hey, you know what, let's not fully release him yet. Let's see if we can trade him. And that's what happened. The San Francisco 49ers and the Denver Broncos have ex- engaged in a trade that is now official. Randy Gregory is a San Francisco 49er. The Broncos are sending the 49ers, Randy Gregory, in a 2024 seventh round pick. And in return, the Broncos, they are getting a 2024 Sixth round pick in the draft. So obviously just a, you know some pick swaps. And obviously for Denver, they're going to eat a majority of Randy Gregory's contract. But now he is a member of the San Francisco 49ers, which now means, okay, Frank Clark, fully healthy after tearing his groin week one, suffering a grade three tear against the Raiders, is expected back here on Sunday. He's going to be the one guy, the 12th man off the bench in terms of the outside linebacker rotation, the expectation for Sunday's game, and at least for now going forward, you're going to see Nick Benito and Jonathan Cooper, the two guys, get that starting opportunity. Very, very curious to see maybe how other, how that rotation maybe changes once you get other guys like Barron Browning back into the mix. Now, Barron will not play here this week. He was limited all week in practice, and I think Broncos fans have to keep in mind, right? This past week was the first time he's put on pads this year. So he's going to have to go and get up to speed here. You're going to play the New York Jets here on Sunday. Denver's got a Thursday night football game next week against Kansas City. I think we might see him against the Green Bay Packers. Something to keep an eye on here that plays into kind of that 21-day window and just gets him, I think, you know, his legs underneath him a little bit, and hopefully he should be fresh coming into the season, which is another boost when you factor in, okay, hey, now you have a Baron Browning Frank Clark rotation at the outside linebacker position in certain packages where Cooper or Benito may have to come off I'm all for that. It's going to take a by-committee approach in the pass-rush position, and Denver's defensive line is going to have to step up in a big way, obviously, as well. But Josie Jewell is also expected to make his return after suffering a groin injury in the Broncos' blowout loss in Week 3 to the Miami Dolphins. He missed last week's game against the Chicago Bears. Having him back this week is going to be paramount as the Broncos hope to stop the bleeding in the run game where they've allowed over 521 rushing yards in the last two games here. So having Jewell back in action, Is great, And then P.J. Locke will make his season debut here for the Broncos. We'll see him on a lot of special teams. Could see him on defense as well here. And obviously it's another safety addition that you have on your roster in the event there was an injury or something along the lines that we've seen happen so far for Denver. I think it's great that he's back in the mix. He's been chomping at the bit to get out there and get back on the field and make an impact and play on special teams. And right now, Denver's special teams unit has been playing really good from their kick coverage, punt coverage, return coverage. uh, And also just the kicking game, the punting game. It's been a really good, solid operation so far for Denver. You add one of the best special teams players, the Broncos have on that roster back into the mix, has a chance to make them even better. So that's something to keep an eye on here. However, There are three players who are listed as questionable here for Sunday's game. First off, Javante Williams. Obviously, we know he suffered a hip injury. They're listing it as a quad last Sunday against the Chicago Bears. Left in the first quarter, did not return, did not practice on Wednesday, was limited on Thursday, but he was upgraded from limited to a full participant in Friday's practice. So he's going to be a true game time decision here for Denver on Sunday afternoon. And then center Lloyd Cushenberry, this is something to monitor as well, Popped up on the injury report this week with a quad issue. He was limited Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. He's listed as questionable for Sunday's game here. And if he's unable to go, I'm very curious at this point. We don't know what it's going to be, but I'm curious to see, will Alex Forsythe, the seventh-round rookie draft pick, start in place of him, or will that be Luke Wattenberg, who was drafted in the fifth round last year, who had to step up at times at center, had some struggles last year, but the whole entire Broncos offense struggled last year under nathaniel hackett so we'll see where things are at and then the last questionable player is going to be mike purcell obviously he suffered a rib injury against the miami dolphins missed last week's game against the chicago bears limited on wednesday thursday and friday but if he's able to come back we talk about denver struggling against the run if you get mike purcell back that gives you him josie jewel and you just have guys who are better against the run than what denver has been putting on tape that i think will help boost Uh, For this Broncos defense against a Jets offense that has three players who are very capable of creating explosive plays out of the backfield as pass catchers or in the run game, getting skinny, hitting those creases, and then getting positive yards upfield. Denver's allowed too much of that the last three weeks here. so. You got to stop the bleeding at some point. What better way to do it than on Sunday here? But Broncos country, our conversation continues on today's episode of the show. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into our players to watch. We're going to take a look here at the Broncos offense on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's episode of Locked on Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at Bird Dogs and Broncos Country. Let me tell you about Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs makes you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, which give you a truly sculpted look. So if you do leg day every day like me bird dogs has that sleek look that makes your calves your quads pop even further without sacrificing the comfort there's no restrictive movement there it's free movement that's one thing I really really love about the bird dogs khakis that they sent me they also have shorts that they sent me as well perfect leisure wear for if you're going to the gym taking the dog on a walk heck you can wear them as pajamas at times that's why I rock with bird dogs and bird dog shorts do the same exact thing as Lululemon but they fit way better and they fit better than regular shorts that made of a stiff restricting cotton bird dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit Fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. So if you're in the gym and you're banging out squats, Bird Dogs, actually, like I said, if you wear the shorts with it, you don't feel any of that restrictive movement there. You can get below depth. That's what you want there. And they also have anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long, functional for every single occasion that you can think of. So do me a favor. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter Promo code Locked On NFL at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash Locked On NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. Which players on the Broncos offensive side of the ball are under the microscope this week? Who do we have our eyes on and why? Well, you're going to get all that in today's episode of Locked On Broncos. Real quick, just wanted to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for rocking with us, making us your first listen of the day, every single day. Once again, you can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. No matter how you listen or how you watch it, whether you're on the treadmill, whether you're working out, whether you're on your way to work or you're making dinner at home, we appreciate you so much. Thanks for making this the go-to place for everybody in Broncos country. Let's dive into our offensive players to watch in Sunday's matchup here against the New York Jets. Here, I think first and foremost, this may be cliche at this point, but this is what I think, I would like to see, and I know for a fact this player is somebody that everybody in Broncos country has their eyes on, and that is rookie wide receiver Marvin Mims. And I tell you what, when we look at where Denver's at right now, at 1-3, and three, it's so frustrating to see kind of maybe some things that have transpired with this team. But we can say, for an argument's sake here, Marvin Mims has been the bright spot here for Denver so far this season. He and Russell Wilson. And these guys are developing more chemistry every single day in practice. And Marvin is just such a guy. I don't know if you see it, like watching him at practice. And if you have a chance to go to a game, you see him in pregame or you see him in a real game situation. You're watching when it looks like he might be jogging. He's actually sprinting and he's outrunning everybody. Like it's a full on effort. He is that fast. And I think that is such as an exciting dynamic to have here in Denver's offense. But why is he a player that we have our eye on on the offensive side of the ball this week against the jets? Well, keep in mind, okay. Sauce Gardner more than likely is going to, draw the coverage assignment on Cortland Sutton. Now for me, I think this is important to watch. I think all the Broncos receivers are really kind of on the microscope here this week here. But if Sauce Gardner is following around Cortland Sutton, there is no DJ Reed in this game. The other starting corner here for the Jets, he's out due to concussion protocol. He will not play in Sunday's game. This is an opportunity not only for Marvin Mims, but for Jerry Judy to step up as well. So I'm going to include all the three top wide receivers here for Denver in this conversation in terms of players to watch on offense. But let's take a look at Marvin Mims. He's slowly getting more reps each and every week. Now, against the Miami Dolphins, 15 total reps on offense. Their circumstances considered, you lose by 50, you give up 70 points. You might not have your key guys out there too much. But then again, Russell Wilson was playing late into the fourth quarter in that game, so not necessarily an excuse here. And Sean Payton's going to have to find a way to get him some more playing time, more reps than just 15 snaps against the Chicago Bears, we saw him get 17 offensive snaps, and what did he do on probably one of the more pivotal plays of the game? He hauls in a 48-yard catch down the right sideline there that helps set up Will Lutz' game-winning 51-yard field goal. So for me. Mar- find a way to get Marvin on, right? And then Friday, Sean Payton had told us in terms of where Marvin is at, right? Because he had one negative play that had happened where the ball bounced off his face mask. It landed on the four-yard line. He had to pick it up. Denver's offense had to start with a long field there. Two plays later, they had a holding call on Adam Trotman that really backed him up, kind of killed the drive there, right? But Sean Payton said the one thing he really saw from him was resiliency, right? He didn't let that one negative play impact him from making a play in the part return game. He had a 30 plus yard return in that game a little bit later on that helped the Broncos offense go down to score here once again. And then we just talked about it the 48 yard reception. So Marvin Mims is a guy that's just has the explosive play capability. And that right there, I think is a wild card here for Sean Payton in this offense. And it's like, okay, you got this. Is it more of a strategic move or can you just say, Hey, you know what? He's the fastest guy on the field. Let's just keep him out there because you know what? The defense is going to have to change the way that they're playing you because of his ability to get open, to get behind defenses. I've seen some people throw out some narratives that the Broncos don't trust him in his route tree. That's false. That's 110% false. He can run the route tree very well, but the Broncos are trying to find a way with Cortland Sutton, with Jerry Judy, with some of the other guys that they have, and they've had to adjust without tight end Greg Dulcich. How do you adjust and build the game plan, not just on first down, second down, but also your third down packages to where you maximize based on the defensive look that you're going to get from the Jets. And, and that's what I don't think people realize in the NFL. Your coach is up in the box. You know, you got guys with binoculars and they're staring and they're looking at who are the Jets sending onto the field here on second down or third down. Okay, they're doing this. They're in this personnel. So we're going to come out in this personnel. We need to send these guys in. That's why you see that flow change all the time here. And that's an underrated side of the game that not not many people talk about here. So Marvin Mims factors into that somehow. But here's a, another statistic that's going to drive you nuts. He's averaging 26.9 yards per catch right now. If you go back to his time at Oklahoma, I think his career average through all the seasons he was there as a Sooner, it was like 19.6 yards per catch. So right now in the NFL so far in the brief stint, I think he's got 11 total targets on the year, nine catches. He's averaging 26.9 yards per catch. That is a guy you got to feature a little bit more here for the Broncos offense, especially against a New York Jets defense that is going to be very aggressive. They're going to send different blitz looks at you. They're going to try to play press coverage you have a guy who's got speed who can maybe beat that. Utilize that here. And I hope we get to see that here this weekend for the Broncos against the Jets. Now, that segues into Jerry Judy. Last season, okay, Jerry Judy had success against the New York Jets, right? Sauce Gardner was covering Corlin Sutton, but Brett Rippon, who had started in that game because Russell Wilson wasn't ready at that time, he was dealing with his injury that held him out of action. Brett Rippon was connecting with Jerry Judy across the middle of the field, and that was a successful play there, a successful design. That we saw, it's like, hey, when you utilize Jerry Judy in the middle of the field, great things happen. Well, guess what? Russell Wilson is playing in this game. He didn't play last year, but now you have a chance to maximize a little bit of what Jerry's able to do. Now, the last three weeks, he's kind of been limited in practice with a knee injury. He he was limited, I think, on Wednesday and then was a full participant Thursday and Friday. So he's going to be off the injury report. He's 100% healthy right now coming into this matchup. Get Jerry the ball across the middle of the field. Don't just fixate on one guy. Like You have to get every single one of these guys involved against a defense like the New York Jets here. Cortland Sutton, as we talked about, another player to watch. We'll draw the assignment of Sauce Gardner more than likely in Sunday's game here. Sauce was very grabbing, and got away with some PIs, some defensive holdings last year against Cortland. But I think what Broncos fans would love to see, and I think everybody would love to see this because I think it would provide a little bit of relief in the eyes of the fan base. Sauce Gardner is a guy who can play. He's sticky, he's long, he's got some elite traits to him, 110%. But if Cortland Sutton can kind of get back to some physical dominance, And maybe get into a point where, hey, if there is a 50-50 ball, rise up above Sauce Gardner. Go get that. Like, Showcase why you are evolving throughout your career. Like, I think Broncos fans want to see a little bit of that 2019 Cortland Sutton. We'll see if we get that there. That's something I have my eye on as well. And then, you know what? We already talked about uh, Javante Williams being questionable here for Sunday's game against the New York Jets. If he doesn't play, we need to see a little bit more of Jaleel McLaughlin. And what I mean by that, I'm not saying start Jaleel, right? I know there are a lot of fans that say, hey, Jaleel McLaughlin deserves to start. You're not going to get an argument from me, but that's not going to be the case here. If Javante doesn't play, they're going to start Samaje Pirine and you're going to see a healthy dose of Jaleel McLaughlin as well. And what we saw from him, I mean, there were some times, and look, the Chicago Bears are coming off Thursday night football game this past week against Washington where they were much more improved against the run against them. And there were times where on tape with Jaleel McLaughlin, he's extending it wide on a stretch player. You know, there might even been a counterplay. I got to go back on it. But you look at it, and you see maybe how the play's formulating how Chicago's defense is pursuing. There were times where Jaleel broke off a big run. I was thinking to myself on the All-22, how did he see that? How did he somehow manage to make this, what should have been maybe a three- or four-yard gain, how did he turn that into 15, or how did he turn it into a 25-yard gain? That's what Jaleel McLaughlin brings to the table. His ball carrier vision is very, very good. It's something that even Brian Baldinger is raving about. Not to mention, he has the ability. If there's a small hole in a crease, we've seen this consistently through training camp. We saw it in the NFL preseason. If there's a small hole or a crease where he can fit through, dip his shoulder, and then boom, go forward, he does that. Like that's how good of a young player he is. And he's so dang explosive to get behind, you know, pursuing linebacker. When you look at guys like CJ Mosley, you look at their linebacking core, those guys play with their hair on fire, right? And sometimes when you do that, they might overcommit in their pursuit that's where you can make him pay with maybe a cutback or you know maybe a hesitation step, get him to over-pursue, cut back inside, bang, you're there. But this is going to be a tough defensive front to run through, even though they've given up some rushing yards so far early on through four weeks. The Jets' defense, they're kind of bottom-ranked in the NFL in that category, bottom 10. But that's a little deceptive here because of the guys that they do have there at linebacker. They got defensive backs to come up and tackle like Whitehead. This is, I think, something you have to monitor here. But Jaleel McLaughlin, in my opinion, can have a big role against the Jets. In a way, not only just as a rusher, but out of the backfield here. And can he be trusted a little bit more in pass protection? At some one area, he said he was kind of taking a personal. like he he felt like he let the Broncos down on a play where some guy came through and sacked Russell Wilson last week against the Bears. He says he takes pride in being able to win some of those one on one battles and he's going to chip and fight even if he is a little undersized. So. Maybe a chance at a redemption here this week for Jalen McLaughlin in one area he feels like he needs the most here. But Broncos country, now our sh- focus is going to shift to the defensive side of the ball here as we're going to take a look at players that we got our eyes on on the defensive side. Well, Broncos country, you're going to get all that on today's episode. Lockdown Broncos. Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at Prize Picks. And Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports done right where you can get in on the action. You can look at player projected stat lines where a player's projected a certain number, of numerical value, and you get a project where they're going to get more or less in their prize picks projection there. That's the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players. You pick more or less on their projected stats. And then you place your entry. Testing my skills on price picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And if you have the skills you could turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps here. They also offer quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. That's what makes Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. And one thing they also offer as well is Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So go to PricePicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to pricepicks.com slash and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Get in on all the action there with Price Picks. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode Lockdown Broncos, real quick, just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get this podcast, once again, for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. man. We appreciate you so much, Broncos country. We get listener tweets all the time on our Twitter handle, at Lockdown Broncos, saying they enjoy their morning cup of coffee. While watching the show on YouTube or listening on their way to work means the world to me and to Sarah who, that you guys all take time, men, women, children. We got a lot of family members that are Broncos fans that listen to the show. Me the absolute world that you take time out of your day to listen to what we have to say, or what we have to talk about. And we love that you get involved as well, whether you watch on YouTube or wherever you listen on podcasts, you can always interact with us on social media. Very, very grateful for your time. And we're going to continue our conversation here. Today's episode of the show, the Broncos set to host the New York Jets on Sunday. p.m. Mountain Time kickoff at Empower Field at Mile High. The snow-capped helmets, for those of you that haven't been following practice this week, some of the photos that the team is posting or any of my video reports that I put together at Mile High Sports. Golly, man, them white helmets are amazing in person. And it just makes you wish that Denver could wear like the white helmets, the white jerseys, white pants, because that would be a sick look, but you're going to get the orange color rush jerseys the white helmets, and I think you're going to get the orange pants if I'm not mistaken as well, but obviously a lot to look forward to. A brand-new logo, obviously the old-school D logo in the middle of the field, and some newly renovated end zones that you're going to see specifically for this game. So a lot of exciting visual aesthetics that we're going to see here. But obviously, let's talk about defensive players that we're excited to see, maybe players you have to keep your eye on here in Sunday's game. Let's talk about it right here. Justin Simmons, we all know, is going to make his return after missing the last two games with a groin injury Denver gets their leader back on the secondary. They get their key communicator and a guy that where he and Kareem Jackson, they play so seamlessly off one another where they don't have to communicate what they're going to do. They just know based on how they line up, they can look at each other pre-snap, give an indication, and they know, okay, hey, I'm going to do this. You're going to do this, and we're going to fit it within into our scheme. I'm very curious to see what Vance Joseph does this week. If he goes back to playing that zone, or if you see a little bit more man with some five-man pressure sprinkled in there, but that's where a guy like Justin Simmons is useful because he's a guy that doesn't really get beat down the field. He doesn't get beat down the middle of the field. It's very, very rare. You see that happen with Justin and you don't see a lot of the communication issues. Now, here's the thing. I think Delarian Turner yell, you have to tip your cap off to him for stepping in in place of Justin Simmons the last couple of weeks. He's had some plays where obviously he'd like to have them back, but he's also had a handful of plays where he's made some good plays in coverage. He's also made some good plays against the run. He's a young guy that the Broncos wanted to get some more development on. Being able to play in two games is going to help him with that, and it's going to help the team maybe see what type of steps he's taken. Was it perfect? No. But Justin Simmons' return is going to be a good thing, and it's going to help a guy like DeLarian Turner yell even further going forward. So Justin's return is going to be big, but I think Josie Jules' return, as we talked about earlier, I think it's going to be big because Denver has struggled giving up over 521 rushing yards in the last two weeks. Last week against the Bears, they gave up 171 yards on the ground. And as we maybe saw on Thursday Night Football, we all know the NFL is week to week. But the Chicago Bears offense is starting to piece some things together. They got some confidence in the run game. And obviously, they lost a lot of running backs on Thursday Night Football. Not relevant to the conversation, what I'm talking about right now. Sorry, it's the ADHD speaking here. But Josie Jewell, not present in those two games here. Obviously, left in the first quarter against the Miami Dolphins. He was obviously missed there, but not sure if that would have made a big difference from what the the Dolphins were able to do, rushing for over 350 yards in that game in the Broncos' 50-point blowout loss. But he is back now. Having him and Alex Singleton back together where Josie's at the mic, Alex is at the wheel, I think it'll allow the Broncos to maybe capitalize a little bit more on the run because you get – one of your better run defenders than Josie Jewell. He's so great instinctually at reading what the guards are doing and how to set it up and attack the hole. And this is where the Broncos defensive line also has to step up here this week because they've got to generate push. And some of the stunts we've seen them try to run with the DN, D tackle, and DN, and maybe a blitzing backer, you got guys running into each other. You got guys not able to execute the stunt. And it's leading to a big gap where guys are suddenly not able to fill and replace. That's led to some big plays here opposing offenses specifically in the run game. So Josie, obviously his instincts and his knowledge, I mean, he's like having another coach out there like he and Justin Simmons. I can't overstate it enough. While Josie isn't like the most physical or elite athlete, Josie's one of the smartest guys on the field. Same thing with Justin Simmons who's got the smarts, who's got the elite athleticism to it. But man, Josie's return will be big here for the Broncos defense. Obviously, we're going to keep our eyes on Nick Benito and Jonathan Cooper, the Broncos edge rusher duo that we've seen just kind of emerge and have some success, and also I'd say a little bit as well, like some promise with him, like Nick Benito taking such a massive stride this season. And we saw all the way back at OTAs. We saw him do it at training camp. We saw him do it in the NFL preseason. Jonathan Cooper obviously had probably the most consistent training camp you can think of from any player here on the Broncos roster. These guys are are, are exciting to watch. Three and a half sacks last week, as we know, Nick Benito with two and a half of those there. Cooper with one. Can those guys The and their explosive athleticism, right? Not only against the run, you have to maintain contain. You got to continue to get better in that department, but can their explosiveness as a pass rush get after Zach Wilson, who like Russell Wilson has been sacked 11 times this season. Now, granted, Russell was sacked seven times in one game in week two. He's been kept upright relatively so speaking so far in the last two weeks. Once against Miami, he got sacked. Once against Chicago, he got sacked and he's been able to step up. The offensive line has been much better the last couple of weeks here, but... Zach Wilson is a guy who has been sacked. And that offensive line, when you look, I think I saw a statistic this week where it was talking about in terms of blown blocking assignments. The New York Jets have some of the most blown blocking assignments in pass protection in the run game so far this season that's been documented. So those guys' extreme athleticism, I think, can be an advantage for what Denver wants to do and what they want to accomplish on Sunday. And I'm going to say here, the next person or next group that we need to keep our eye on here. It's the Broncos defensive line. Somebody on the defensive line, anybody. You have to step up and you have to help out there because we have not seen a lot of interior pass rush penetration. We have not seen push there. We talked about maybe some of the missed stunts or just the the inability to execute those stunts that will allow Broncos defense to get after an opposing quarterback. If you can't execute those or if you're late on it, you're going to allow opposing offenses to carve you up. And that's been the reality here for Denver the last couple of weeks. They've allowed... Outside of Justin Fields' Hail Mary attempt in the first half, they've almost allowed, I think, a complete, perfect you know, completion and attempts right there from opposing quarterbacks with Tua Viloa and Justin Fields here. So somebody or anybody on the defensive line generates some push and generates some pressure on the interior that will force an uneasy pocket for a guy like Zach Wilson to just step back and uncork it in a quick passing game. You have to make things difficult for him. If not, and you also have to maintain edge, edge containment. in defensive line, can't get too far upfield because he can dip it up underneath and he can take it as well. That can hurt you. So these are the defensive players that I have my eye on specifically Broncos country. Who do you have your eye on? Did I get something wrong? Did I get something right in your opinion? Let us know. Interact with the show on YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast, But that'll wrap up today's bonus episode, Locked on Broncos. As you can tell, I'm fired up. It's Friday. That means I get to relax on Saturday. And then it's game time on Sunday where Sarah Bettinger and myself, we're going to have you covered with a Locked on Broncos post-game report. Broncos country, appreciate you so much. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you after the game on Sunday.